And now introducing Opportunity Investors. Everybody, 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 everybody. What's happening, guys? What up, what up? Oh, all right. Hope everybody is doing good tonight. It is actually June, but this is the May Opportunity Meeting. I apologize, but actually had a baby last week, so no real apologies there. Um, but yeah, that's why we are a week late. Baby came early, so Opportunity came late. Um, <laughs> well, guys, we got a killer night. Myself and Dan are going to share our stories about real estate, give you guys a little info on house hopping and house hacking. And uh, I'm going to let Sean kind of roll since I'm going to be talking a lot later on. I can shut my trap for a little bit and let everybody else take over. All good. What's up, guys? Sean Bowen, Full Circle Investment Group, wholesalingoutofthebox.com. Um, guys, welcome to Opportunity. This is our virtual setting, and um, we do these once a month, and soon to be back in real life will happen. And look forward to seeing you guys back out in the, the different industry, like the different restaurants that we go to or the different breweries that we go to, right? And um, do these meetings again. Really miss those. So tonight we're going to get in here and talk about how packing. And you've got um, two guys that are one's kind of learning and getting going, and the other one is the guy that's been in for quite some time, right? So Alex and Dan are doing that tonight for us. Um, <clears throat> so really, what we're going to do is just let these guys kind of get going on it. We've got some presentations to show you, um, but yeah, hunker in. What you've got here online is some, um, some tags. The ladies will put them up for us, where you can go live, ask questions over in the comment section. Um, so if you make sure that there's a link the girls will set up for you, click on that, let Facebook see who you are. That way you can go over and uh, put some comments in here and ask some questions or give us some feedback, right? Um, probably not going to bring anybody live right out of the gate, but uh, definitely want some interaction with you over there in the question and try to talk with you. So uh, yeah, let's get it going. Um, Alex, let's talk about house hacking. Before we do that, we must start with our... Cheers. All right. Everybody raise your glasses, your beers, what you got. May your castle be secure and your cup overflowing. Whoop, Cheers. Whoop. Well, guys, uh, we are talking about house hopping and house hacking. And um, I think pretty much if you've spoken with me for more than like five minutes about real estate, you've probably heard me mention those. And uh, that's just because I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about it because I think it's something that so many people can do. I think it's a great opportunity. And so we wanted to bring that as an actual topic tonight uh, so that hopefully somebody out there is able to utilize it. That's the goal. Let's keep building up that arsenal of, of options and ways to grow in your real estate um, ventures. So, yeah, I, I think... Um, you know, first off, um, I've got Dan McDuff here with me. He is on my real estate team. And uh, one of the reasons I brought Dan on is is his house hacking experience and the rehabs he's done himself. And he is like me, a glutton for punishment. And I think you have to be able to survive like the craziness to to really get into this game of real estate. And Dan's kind of got that. He'll he'll share that a little bit with his story uh, in a little bit later on. But um yeah, I think 
Dan's going to have some great, uh, you know, focus for you guys on the house hacking side. Um, the idea tonight was to kind of share our testimonies about real estate and then share some real life examples of clients that we've worked with using house hopping and house hacking to build a portfolio. Um, you know, we're going to get into some specifics. If you guys have questions at the end, we can dive deeper into those. But the, the real idea is just to kind of say, like, what are people actually doing to house hop and the house hack um, and to build a real estate portfolio? And instead of just talking about definitions and stuff, what is, you know, what does it actually look like? So I'm going to share my screen here real quick. I was trying to do it while not talking about it, but I'm not a good multitasker. So should pop up here in just a second. So, guys, um, if I didn't mention, my name is Alex Winfield. I am a licensed real estate agent here in Hampton Roads. Uh, Dan McDuff's on my team, the Alex Winfield real estate team. And um, one of the things we do focus on is house hopping and house hacking. Uh, this is from a different presentation, which also focuses on VA loan optimization. Uh, but tonight we are just going to really kind of dive into what house hacking is about. So house hacking. All right. I'm going to kind of go over the definition. Then I'm going to tell you about how I got into this. Um, house hacking is when you purchase a home that you will live in. Live in is a key part while minimizing your costs or living expenses by renting out a room or an adjoining unit. So in this definition, you're minimizing your living expenses. All right. Another definition of it is manipulating a property to gain value or increase cash flow. Basically, you turn a structure into a business, right? How can I manipulate this house to generate income for me? Um, so that's house hacking. All right. And now we talk about house hopping. A lot of people haven't heard of house hopping. Um, this is something I coined because I didn't feel like people were really getting the full greatness of what house hacking could do. So house hopping is when you purchase a house that you will live in with the end goal of holding it and turning it into a rental investment and then repeating. So basically you buy a property, you live in it. So you're able to use that primary residential loan. You live in there for about a year, which makes the bank happy. And then it frees up your eligibility to buy another property. And instead of selling the property you live in, when you move, you hold that property and you add it to your portfolio. And then you do it again a year later, you pick up one property, you pick up two properties and you pick up investment properties that way. So that is house hopping, building your portfolio by using your primary residential loan. So guys, the incognito genius, this is what I say about house hacking that everybody misses. They're so focused on minimizing their living expense, which is usually for a year or two, right? So they buy a property thinking of what it's going to do for that first year or two. If you look past that, what is so great about house hacking and house hopping? It's the fact that you use a primary residential loan. And why that's important is primary residential loan is zero to 5% down, right? Zero to 5% down, $150,000 house, you're talking a maximum, well, not a maximum, but you're talking about $7,500. If you were to do that with an investment loan, you're not gonna live in the property, you have to put at least 20% down. If it's a multifamily, that's 25%. So you're talking about $30,000 down on the same property that Dan is putting down on the house he's buying. So you're going up against a competitor and they've got $30,000 in the game and you've got $7,500 in the game. So the thing that people miss about house hacking is that fact. 
because what happens when you try to get into real estate investing? You run out of cash, right? To do your next deal. So this is a great way to minimize how much cash is out of pocket and how much risk you've got to do. You're, you're super, you're leveraging bank money, minimizing how much money you've got to put into the deal. So the big picture here guys is to build a real estate portfolio. I think one of the things that we hear about all the time as we go to, you know, different seminars and trig meetings and, and even opportunity meetings is, you know, at some point, most of these investors want to build a real estate portfolio. How do you do that? There's a million different ways, but to me, house hacking and house hopping is kind of the average Joe's way to, to really build that up. So, that's kind of the quick introduction to house hopping and house hacking. Now I'm going to just kind of share how I got into it on the house hopping side. So um, this is my house uh, that I first house I lived in 971 Ocean View. It wasn't purchased as waterfront, but it became waterfront. <laughs> so, yeah. So let me tell you how that started. All right. So I bought in 2007, I bought, above what I could afford. I bought a two bedroom, one bath, knowing that I was going to have a family. Um, I bought with an adjustable interest rate loan and I bought in a flood zone. So this is before I was a real estate agent. Uh, so I, there's no blame on anybody, but it's going to lead to what I'm getting at here in a second. So I was talking about the school of hard knocks how Dan and I kind of have this similarity. Sean probably too. I mean, you just, if you're going to be in real estate long enough. So I wasn't a real estate professional at the time, but let me tell you how this worked out. So I decided me and my wife got married in 06, my beautiful bride, Stephanie. Uh, we decided to buy this house. You know why we bought it? Because it was near the water. That was like the one thing we wanted to do is live near the water. Like all beach kids want to do. And we drove up and there's a really cool porch in the back that looks like a tiki bar. That's why we bought the house. <laughs> um, so a year later, 2007, the market had crashed and our house was $100,000 less value than what I bought it at. Um, a year after that, our house flooded and got six inches inside. Um, and that was a pretty tough thing for us to go through. You know, it's, it's stressful. I, I literally remember like, and this, I think this is the attitude you have to have in real estate. So me and me and Stephanie are sitting there, water's coming in the house and we're like, all right, well, we got to get the dog off the ground. Cause we don't let our dog sleep on, you know, like lay, lay on the furniture. So we're like, all right, Leroy, get on the couch, grab the six pack of beer and, and just, hung out. <laughs> I mean, it was like, what do you do? There's water in the house. We can't stop it. Um, so it, it was a pretty, it was a pretty crazy experience. But what we did do is we ended up refinancing the house into a fixed mortgage rate. We ended up using the money from that uh, insurance claim to completely open up that house that was all closed off and turn it into, you know, more modern style added a bathroom. So now it was a two bedroom, two bath. Later on, we spent money to turn the attic to Cape Cod into two more bedrooms. So we turned a two bedroom, one bath into a four bedroom, two bath. Um, 
But the story kind of continues using this house as the base base is, um, you know, this is before I, I knew I, I wanted to get into real estate. At this point, real estate was not my favorite thing <laughs> for obvious reasons. So uh, we we kind of started feeling like we were stuck there. We couldn't sell the house because it was flooded um, and we owed like $100,000 on it. So one day I called one of my really good friends up who's also a mortgage lender and an investor. And I was like, Gerard, man, can you, um, you've got some rental properties in an area that we want to live in. My, our oldest son was getting to be about school age and we we're like, man, we really want to go to a good school district. So I call him up and say, Hey, can we rent a property from you? You got a play, uh, you know, place in Kings forest. We'd love to live over that way. And he's like, Alex, why would you rent a place for me? Why don't you buy a place? And I'm like, dude, I can't buy a place. I own a place that I, I'm underwater on, literally, literally underwater. Um, and he's like, well, why don't you well, send me your stuff and, and we'll run the numbers on it. It turns out I could buy another place and hold my place. He's like, dude, just rent it. Just rent your place out and buy another place. And it just was like, wow, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know you could own multiple houses if you weren't a rich person. And I definitely was not rich at the time. You know, it's like we were not making very much money. So it just didn't even ever occur to me. And that was kind of the first paradigm shift for me was, okay, wait a minute. I can buy another place. You know, I don't have to sell this house. So what we did is we, we bought another house. Um, of course, there's a lot of craziness in between. Uh, we bought a house and we, at that point, became accidental landlords. Uh, so we were actually going to rent out this house in Ocean View, but we got a grant to get it lifted. It was all crazy. So we couldn't move out of the house. Um, so we rented the house we just bought for the first two years. And so we bought the house and you have a month or two between your mortgage payments before you got to make your first payment. And within that time, we'd had renters in there and they made the first mortgage payment. So we never even made a mortgage payment on the house. And me and Stephanie just looked at each other like, uh, you know, cause we've been, we've been like fighting to like take down our loan on this 971 ocean view. And, you know, we're like, that was our hope was to eventually pay down this loan enough where we had value in our house. And now somebody else was doing that for us. And we had a little money on the top and it was just like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's the simplest idea, you know, when you talk to real estate investors, but for me, that was the paradigm shift of, okay, I like real estate. The idea that somebody else is going to buy this property for me. And when I ran the numbers, I was like, man, in the long term, this is going to be significant money. And I wasn't making a lot of money at the time. So it was like, dang, this is a way for me to make some real long term money, even if I'm not making a lot of money in my daily job. Um, and I kind of fell in love with real estate. Uh, we had another opportunity. Uh, I actually, I got my license very soon after that. And uh, I bought an investment, a straight up investment property. And I, we like, Steph and I like spent like everything we had to buy this investment property. Um, but it was a killer deal, best deal that we've got. Um, but then another opportunity came up and that's when we did our, you know, this was a house hop. The first one was a house hop, but this next one was the real house hop because we knew what we were doing. And we said, look, our house in Ocean View, this house that's sitting on the water here was going to get lifted by a 
FEMA grant. You know, we did all the paperwork. It took like five years to come to fruition, but it actually started coming. They said, you're going to be out of your house for six months to a year. You need to find a place to live. And instead of thinking, why don't I rent a place? I said, or we said, why don't we buy a place? Let's keep this real estate investing thing going. Let's build our portfolio. And we bought a, a pretty turnkey property because I was completely out of money. Um, but it was, it was a good deal because it was the opportunity for me to pick up a deal at that time. So we were able to pick up our fourth property doing, doing a house hop. And um, it, I think the thing that, you know, was crazy for me is here I am like, got all these friends that have all this money and stuff. And they're like, Alex, man, you've got four properties. Like, and it's like this, you must be rich. You've got all these properties. And it's like, no, I mean, not at all. <laughs> and it's just like, I think, I think that was why I got so into promoting house hopping and house hacking, because it's like, this is something that everybody can do. You know, if you have a job and you can get a loan, you can house hop and you can build a real estate portfolio. And when I buy these houses, um, I think of, all right, this is one of my kids college funds. You know, like this is this is a long term investment. And I think if you think of picking up real estate portfolio as a long term investment, um, it can work, even if it's hard, even if it's crazy. Um, you're going to learn. You're going to learn from your experience, especially. That's why it's so good to just get in the game and get it started, because you're going to learn so much. Our first one. I mean, we literally rebuilt that whole house pretty much um, for way more than it was ever worth. <laughs> but it was. We, we learned how to work with contractors. We learned about flood zones. I always tell my clients, man, hey, I am a flood zone expert. I can tell you all kinds of stuff on flood insurance. Um, but the key is when you get into any of these type of real estate strategies, if you get started, you do it, you're going to learn so much more than if you just read about it. And to me, house hopping and house hacking is kind of the easiest, lowest risk, lowest cash way to do it. Um, I showed you guys that slide earlier about, uh, you know, $30,000 down as opposed to $7,500 down. A lot of people can save up money and come up with 7,500 bucks. Most, most average people don't have $30,000 to put down on the house. That's awesome if you do. Um, but what if you could pick up a handful of properties, you know, by house hopping? Um, so, yeah, guys, I'm going to I'm going to hand the mic over to Dan to kind of talk a little bit more about house hacking. But I think the keys to take out of of my story is just, you know, hang in there, learn from your experiences and. And understand that one of the key values to house hopping and house hacking is the simple fact that if you live in a property, you're going to get a killer loan um, with very little money down. And right now, and it's usually your best interest rates too. VA loans, I've seen some under three percent. I mean, if you have a VA, oh my gosh, if you have access to that, Dan will talk more about that, but you know, the opportunities out there, that's why I'm so passionate about it. Cause I think so many people can take advantage of this and start picking up properties. And we'll show you some examples of people who have. So Dan, man, um, Dan McDuff, he is, uh, working with me. I'm going to slide out of this real quick. Um, Dan, you want to just kind of share about kind of your story. I think that's a great example of just house hacking and house hopping in general. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, Alex. 
So a little bit about me. Um, I've been working with Alex for in one manner or another for the last couple of years. Um, I'm active duty Navy right now. I'm also a licensed real estate agent on Alex's team. So I've been house hacking since 2016. Um, joined the Navy, uh, rented for a while, well, rented for about a year. And I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad years ago. I knew that there was a better way. I just didn't know what that was until I figured out what the VA loan was. And I mean, that's a huge advantage for military personnel. Um, so if you have that, it's, it's an incredible opportunity. So I've, I focused on house hacking and sort of in the traditional sense, sort of like what you hear um, on the blogs online and everything, um, where you buy a multifamily property, you live in one of the units and you rent the other units out. So you become a landlord and you have a house. Um, with the VA loan, they let you do that with one to four unit properties. So that's what I did. Um, I had a friend on the ship who owned a few of those. Um, and so he kind of helped me guide, helped guide me through it a little bit. And the, the good thing about it is when you're basically working your first real job, have your first steady paycheck, you don't have a big uh, cash reserve. So having your, your rent offset or your mortgage offset by someone paying you rent is, is awesome. So it, uh, you can save money for repairs, things like that, and you know, buying the next property. So that, that's where my mind, mindset was um, to save money in the short term so that I have money in the long term. So what I did, um, 2016, bought a duplex. Um, bought it for about 172. It was fully occupied. And uh, so I had to wait for one of the tenants to move out. And I was lucky, um, the better of the what I think the tenants stayed. Uh, the other ones, I mean, I, I came back from an underway at one point, there was a, uh, a repossession notice on my door for the, the last tenant's furniture and everything. I had to call the sheriff, like, don't take my stuff. They're not here anymore. So I lucked out, really. So that, that tenant stuck with me for a while, and I'll get to that. But so there I am. I'm, I'm paying rent. Or sorry, I'm paying my mortgage basically with my tenant's rent. So it didn't quite cover it, but I had a roommate from the ship. He paid me a few hundred dollars to live there. So I was making money to live in, in this house. And uh, I would say it's it was probably the minimum uh, standard that the, the VA would have uh, appraised, that the VA would have let me move into. It, it needed some repairs. So it was definitely a learning experience. Um, learned how to put in flooring, learned how to do a little bit of plumbing, um, all the good stuff. So kind of with that in mind, um, I had probably the the – my first, my first experience in real estate was, was really positive. So you know, despite some small hiccups, just some quirky stuff, learning to be a landlord, uh, especially when I'm going out to sea every month or so, um, it was interesting. So I decided to rinse and repeat, right? This is easy. Why, why do people find this difficult? Whatever. I, I knew I qualified for another loan. Um, and if you know, yeah. Yeah. So if you didn't know that you can qualify for, or you can have two VA loans at once, you can. Um, it all depends on the price of the property, but um, I was able to qualify again. So I moved out of that one, uh, found a new uh, duplex, moved into that one. And basically what I did was buy the best property in the worst part of town, kind of the opposite <laughs> of what I tell you to do. So this place, the sellers were a nightmare. I mean, they came to close with personal checks instead of cashier's checks, like everything in between. Um, the tenant that I inherited, um, I ended up evicting her 
and she stopped paying rent while I was on deployment. So I'm like three months into a six month deployment. And next thing I know, I'm getting messages from my property manager that, oh, she didn't pay the rent again. Great. So, I mean, I just kicked that can until it came back. Um, eventually, uh, had to kick her out. Prior to that, um, uh, I mean, I was living there for maybe two months, three months. And, uh, you know, they say about a year, but then I got burglarized. So I came back from, uh, I had to do some evaluations on a ship down in Florida. I come back and my front door's open. Well, that's weird. And I go in and I call um, my, my then girlfriend. I'm like, have you seen my TV? Uh, she didn't take my TV. <laughs> um, that was my first uh, my first home insurance claim. So um, I mean, it made out in the end. Damn, Dan was pissing people off left and right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I decided to move that day. Um, it was a Sunday. I found a U-Haul that was open. I just packed all my stuff and went back to the other place, which I fortunately hadn't rented out yet. So ultimately, I did put another tenant in there. Um, and then uh, the repairs kept having to be done. I don't know, the HVAC system went, um, some of the other smaller stuff went, had leaks. I don't know, it was kind of unexpected because the property seemed like it was in a fairly good condition. Uh, it wasn't though, so um, I learned a lot from that. I That same month that I evicted my tenant, I think she left like the day before the sheriff showed up, the other tenant decided to leave. So the whole reason with getting a duplex in my mind was it's never gonna be fully vacant, right? Well, I had a duplex for four months. Um, so, and they moved out at the uh, the beginning of the fall. So uh, that tends to be a more difficult time to rent a property. So I'm going into winter with this this vacant property. There's albatross on my back. Like I got I to do something about this. So what do I do? I become an accidental Section 8 landlord. So I went down to the Section 8 office and talked to them and figured out how to get inspected. Uh, it's kind of a, a tedious process. It's not overwhelming. Um, it's free money, but it's not easy money. There's a lot of paperwork, but being in a large military organization, I'm pretty good with paperwork. So it wasn't that bad. I placed a tenant. Um, it was right around that time that I started actually going to the opportunity meetings, met Alex, and uh, he helped me sell that thing. So um, sold it for a little bit more than I bought it for. And more importantly, I, I wasn't bleeding 1200 bucks a month. So. Um, Meantime, um, I decided, you know, okay, wh where am I going to go from here, right? I can't just, you know, give up and uh, just just pack it in and say, oh, real estate's not for me because I failed a couple times, right? So, thought, you know, what can I do with with uh, the house I'm living in? So, I knew I needed to get my my VA loan back, uh, my VA eligibility back. So, um, I made some repairs. I put up new siding, uh, replaced a bunch of the stuff in that, that property. I totally revamped my tenant side. She was happy. She was ready to leave. And I asked her what it would take to get her to stay. And she said new floors. So she got new floors. Um, so that was in uh, August. I refinanced. Uh, I was able to force enough equity in the property to get a conventional loan, which was great. So um, my interest rate went down, my payments went down, and my um, I got my eligibility back. So I'm thinking, all right, so now what's the next move? Uh, and then September of 2019 rolled around. And I don't know if any of you remember Hurricane Dorian, but you probably don't because it was pretty unremarkable, except for me. I think I was the only damage in Hampton Roads. I had this massive <laughs> tree that was my neighbor's just come down, crush my house. Uh, it fell on my tenant's side. 
Uh, fortunately, she was okay. She ended up breaking her arm, uh, had a few other injuries. I mean, we had to call the fire department. They condemned the house. Um, so that was another exercise in uh, learning about insurance, learning how to deal with basic crisis management. I, I'd like to say I was as cool as Alex was, just sitting on my couch with my feet up, you know, out of the water. But it was uh, <laughs> more than that, you know. The place quickly became uninhabitable, uh, pretty much instantly. And uh, so it was kind of at that point that I was learning about, um, you know, doing rehabs and, and working with contractors. Alex introduced me to the contractor that I'm still using today. It was also during that time that I had already started what's looking name? for. What's that? What's his name? Oh, Mark Kelly, Kelly DeBell. <laughs> yeah, a little plug for him. So, yeah, and, and he helped me out uh, big time. I mean, he rebuilt the house. It was massive, massive rehab. And I, I, I couldn't have done it without a contractor who worked with me. Yeah, massive rehab. So, um, mean, meantime, I'm displaced. Uh, so, if you don't know how homeowners insurance works, they give you like a displacement allowance. So, I, I went and I lived downtown Norfolk. I had a view of the Wisconsin from my penthouse apartment. It was great for a while. <laughs> um, that November, I closed on my first house hop. So this was something that was already in the works before the tree fell, but um, it just kind of worked out uh, where I never had to actually go back to living in the duplex. So I, I'd always wanted to to buy a house up in Ocean View, like did up there. I figured it's got some good uh, rental um, potential. Good. Um, I mean, it, it's definitely an upcoming area. So I'm thinking, all right, single family house. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. So I find a, a VA foreclosure. I buy it with my with a VA rehab loan, which was a product for a while. And my understanding now, it's much harder to get. A lot of the lenders aren't willing to do VA rehab loans anymore. But um, I was able to do it. There's some, some interesting um, intricacies dealing with the VA from um, both the, the buyer and the seller side. So there's some things that a VA foreclosure, VA won't do because uh, they're sold as is, but the VA won't let you buy a property unless you have certain things done, mainly a, a termite inspection. So nobody pays for it. So that was fun to, to deal with, um, all this bureaucracy, but you know, being the good naval officer that I am, I'm pretty good with bureaucracy. Uh, did a $20,000 rehab to it. Uh, it's, it's where I live now and uh, couldn't be happier with it because uh, I found a way to, um, well, I realize now being, being a real estate agent, I'm able to put another bathroom in there uh, and I now know how to run the comps. So I'm planning on putting it in the bathroom, uh, refinancing it, getting that VA benefit back, uh, reusing it and moving on. Since becoming an agent, um, I did sell my duplex, um, made a pretty good, pretty good profit on it. I was able to put a tenant in there for, um, Quite a bit more than I was renting it before. Sold it, and uh, so now I'm I'm looking to looking for the next step. Yeah, that duplex was too good to pass up on selling it. Oh, absolutely. Prices are crazy now. So yeah, man, so, that's that's awesome. Um, any any key takeaways to kind of your your overall kind of experience on your own personal deals real estate's hard i mean they, they talk about it on the <laughs> internet they write books like this is this is great i'm making so much money you work for it i assure you um weird stuff happens 
Uh, so easy though, man. Yeah. So easy. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe, maybe when I'm 10, 20 years in the game, it'll be easy for me too. But, you know, starting out, I think getting over those first few hurdles and realizing it's okay to fail. I mean, you come up, um, when you're growing up, it's failing is such a bad thing. Like you get a, a, a C on paper and it's like the end of the world. Well, I mean, I've learned more. That was from a good day for me. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, uh. Yeah, it, it is challenging, and you got to you got to be able to look. Okay, what what lessons am I learning from this? Like that that second duplex that I bought, it was two years of my life that were just like lesson after lesson after lesson, and uh, I I couldn't be the agent that I am now, um, or the investor that I am now had I not done that. And I mean, it's all about jumping in uh, to the deep end and kind of sinking or swimming, I guess. Man, when Alex said you were glutton for punishment, man, he wasn't joking. Like, you have literally been kicked in the ass, in the front, punched in the face. Like, I don't know what it says about me that I keep coming back for more. Man, that's like, dude, again, it's a good learning lesson. Like, but damn, talk about welcome to the game. You know what I mean? That's crazy. So guys, real quick, I want to go over some of these questions. It's not a lot, but just a few. Um, Alex, uh, can you explain more on the multiple VA loans at once? Yeah, so a lot of it's based on, it's called your eligibility. How much of your eligibility have you used up? Um, and those rules actually just changed in January. Uh, so they're kind of still a little gray, um, but you can definitely use multiple loans. Um, and if you're moving from one area to the other, it's very easy easy to get another loan. If you um, live in a property for a certain amount of time, you have a reason to move to another property, you can get another loan. Um, now your maximum amount kind of slowly dwindles down. So you might want to do like Dan did and refinance out of one of your properties, you know, when you, and then so you can use it again to buy another one. So that's kind of one of the best ways you build you know, and that's one of the things that we talk about with house hopping and house hacking is we'll go into some of like the tools and the assets that you can use. One of them is, you know, that VA loan is incredible, but you only have but so much of it. So what you do is you go into the property, use your VA loan, you're able to buy the property, no money down. Then you put some money into that property, fix it up, build the equity in it. And then you go and put another type of loan on it with a refinance. So you don't have any money coming out of your pocket. Maybe you put in a conventional loan, um, and then now your VA is freed up again. And now with the VA loan, there's no actual top. So say you wanted to buy like a fourplex in a city, which was like impossible before. Um, they're able to do VA loans like up to a million dollars, which is no other loan can do that. So not saying to go buy a million dollar property, but you can. It's insane. And with your VA loan rates, VA loan rates are the best. So you could, I've got a deal right now at 2.75. Wow. Um, now that's pretty specific kind of deal, but but still that's insane. That's like a CD, you know, yeah. like, where, where do you see 2.75? Um, anything close to three, anything under four, I mean, dang. But yeah, so the VA loan, you can definitely do multiple times. We can get to some specifics. If you have any like very specific questions, Feel free to hit me up after this and we can kind of dive into it a little bit more. Awesome. Uh, another one was, is uh, somebody you had said earlier and they question was uh, when he says it was a good deal, uh, what kind of deal was it? And what kind of first investments did you make? This is somebody wrote this question when you were speaking to 
when you were first starting. Yeah. Alex. Okay. You. All right. Um, so my first, my first ever deal was a accidental landlord deal. I, I, I would just bought another house and then I became a landlord. Right. Um, so that was not super strategic, but it worked out very well. The next deal was when I was an agent and I got an investing. And that was when I bought a place, 508 Gilpin, whose water heater just died today, actually. <laughs> That's the life we live, brah. <laughs> but uh, so that deal was was killer. I was a new agent and um, I was really into the investing side. And so I'm showing all these investor properties. And now I'm looking back and I'm like, man, you guys should have bought all those properties I sent you. <laughs> You know, like these deals were like ridiculous. So yeah. one of these ones came when my investor passed, passed up on it and and uh, it came back on the market. And I told Steph, I was like, you know, this is an incredible deal. We don't really have enough money to do this, but we prayed on it and and we're like, let's let's go for it. I mean, we literally had like under one hundred dollars in the bank when we when we bought the house. Nice. Um, we pretty much took everything and put it in there, which I don't recommend, <laughs> but I, I knew the deal. I knew like I have rental properties down the street that I managed. Um, I knew how good of a deal it was. So we bought it at $90,000. And when it appraised, it appraised for 120 before I even moved into the place. Nice. So already had $30,000 of equity and we rented it out for $1,200 a month. My mortgage is like, 550 i think i don't know somewhere around 500 dollars a month so that one is by far my best cash producing most of my other ones are 200 bucks 150 bucks 300 bucks like in that range um and i'm okay with that with my model that i'm going with um but that 500 600 one is that helps you know take care of those other properties yeah um you know it, it keeps building up that account as opposed to just kind of staying down here so that was a basically straight investment rental property. Nice. Um, Dan, question for you. Um, what do you, what would you recommend? Cause you've been in for a little bit, you've had, you know, issues, you've had problems. What can you recommend to the guys that are watching or even the people that are coming back and watching this replay? What would you recommend to do as a like curving the learning lesson slash you've been kicked and punched a lot and not my things you can control, but like, what can you recommend to these guys that don't do this because of that? Like, what can you recommend for these guys and ladies to do? Yeah. So I think one of the, the biggest things is don't try to go it alone. Um, I mean, you're, you can't really do a real estate transaction alone. You've got a lender, you got your, your real estate agent, but I think it's important to network with other investors and talk about what other people are doing, get ideas uh, and talk about what you're doing. I mean, I didn't want to talk about what I was doing that, that first opportunity that I showed up to, I didn't want to talk about that second duplex. Because it was just bad. Um, I didn't want to get out of the car and go in, but I, I did. Um, yeah. So, you know, talking about what you do, networking and seeing what other people are doing. Because, I mean, going to these these groups, you'll, you'll find people love talking about what they're doing. And they love giving you advice about what you're doing, whether you want it or not. But um, so, you know, learning from others experience. Uh, the other is be able to run your numbers, because that's one of the things I didn't learn until I failed that second time. Well, I guess the first time at that other duplex. Um, it's not that hard uh, to be able to, to have a, an accurate idea of what a property is going to make. 
But if you don't do it at all, if you say, well, my mortgage is 1200 and this thing rents for 1250 I'll be good. You're not going to be good. You, there's a lot more that goes into it. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. I, was, I was basically breaking even on that duplex. $50 uh, is not the game. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nope. You need to be making more than that. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I would say those are two big so things. recommending like knowing your numbers and yep. meeting, taking the time to go out and meet groups like Opportunity, other RIA groups or anything that's like a local to meet some local guys, talk about what they're doing, what they're learning, what they what their experiences were, good or bad. Like I really think that goes back because it sounds like what you're saying, right? Is your network is your net worth because it really is the net worth of other people's experience that's gonna help you curve what maybe you think you might be doing versus mm -hmm. oh man, don't try that. Granted, you can't control like a tree coming down, you know, blood stuff. I get that, but it sounds like if you were able to be in a group like this, and, and earlier, maybe some of those things that weren't God-driven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we avoided some Like, it sounds like that would have been it. So that's good. Good answer. Hey, one other thing that you kind of forgot to mention as a recap is uh, don't buy in a really crappy neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. You may not have to live there. So say you're just buying a, a straight up rental property, but someone's going to, and you got to think who's going to want to live here. So, I mean, I recommend walking around the neighborhood. You know, if you don't feel safe, your tenants probably aren't going to feel safe either. And that's a, a call that you have to make. Guys, be a great deal. There are plenty of cheap houses out there. Cheap for a reason. <laughs> another, another question that came up here was, uh, how did you build your base of contractors for getting work done? So I've really worked with just a couple of contractors, primarily that one, and that was from my network. Um, Alex introduced me to him. Um, I, I'd met him before, I think, at one of these these meetings through in town. Opportunity that networking. Meeting. What's that? Opportunity meeting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's all about networking, and, and good contractors are hard to come by. So when you find a good one, hold on to them. Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll vouch for that in my world the same way you guys when you find a contractor and that's anybody watching this you know vet those guys make sure they're licensed and sure you know like and then they do good work um and then if when they do the work they get it done on time it's done the right way you pay them don't drag them out don't try to beat them up like i gotta make a living too you know yeah that's really that's a really big piece so yeah very very good feedback there i like that don't try to beat them up too man like people will just try to like nickel and dime the crap out of it like if you get a good contractor they they need to make money too otherwise they're not going to work with you everyone's yeah, trying to live in this business i can speak to that you know what i mean when i first got in this industry i was a contractor i had a contracting company i know what it feels like you know and like me as that person before i got on the investor side um i'd be like the contractor the guy come back and be like well hey i got a guy that can do a hundred dollars less you should go to that guy because i'm definitely not him like if you're gonna beat me up over a hundred dollars, I'm just not. I don't want to work with you anyway, right? Versus like the hundred dollars, pay a little bit more than a hundred dollars because he did good, did good work, did it on time, everything worked out great. Again, did what he said he was gonna do, type thing. Man, like that is a huge value right there. Like huge. Why do we want to beat him up? You know? I mean, I know guys right now. I think you guys can agree to this. You can go in and call that guy, and like two days later. They're at the house. The job's done. You got an invoice. It's done and over with. I don't have to learn to go know them again. I don't have to know if they're going to do the right thing. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to learn that. So 
sometimes it is worth paying a little bit more because if not, you pay the cheap price. You got to go back and pay some money more to fix that one. <laughs> yep. Whatever you pay for. Yeah, totally. Um, Alex, did you have any more of your, I think you had some slides you were going through. I don't want to stop you in that. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, let me do a, a screen share real quick and we'll go through some of the examples of some clients that have done house hopping and house hacking recently. Cool. Um, just, just, I think the real life examples, uh, makes sense. And that's the whole thing about this guys. This is not the most crazy strategy out there that you're going to hear about on TV. Cause it's cool. And you know, it, it's pretty basic, but it's, it helps people build up their, their portfolio. So um, let's kind of roll through this real quick, um, real quick. I'm just going to hit this up uh, one more time. If I can figure out how to do it. All right. House hacker purchase a house that will, that you'll live in while minimizing your cost or living expenses by renting out a room or an adjoining unit, as well as manipulating a property to gain value or increase cash flow. Um, and then house hopping, purchase a house that will that you will live in with the end goal of holding it and turning it into a rental investment property and then repeating that process. Um, that's house hacking and house hopping. So uh, let's kind of go with, start with, Ben's duplex. Dan, you want to kind of roll with this one real quick? Yeah, absolutely. So Ben was uh, was a client a while back. Um, he's actually uh, one of the property managers now at uh, Coastal Group. Yeah. So he used an FHA loan. So a 2 or 3K rehab loan. Uh, they let you put 3.5% down on uh, on a property. So if you aren't fortunate enough and you haven't you know earned that the right to use that that VA loan. I'd say this is the next best thing. So you, he bought this house for forty five hundred dollars, uh, basically income producing property. Um, so he bought it ninety eight thousand uh, dollars, put about a thirty thousand dollar rehab in it uh, for a total loan of one hundred twenty five thousand. So while he was living in it, he was basically he was paying two hundred eighty dollars a month. Now you look at that and you say, well, what was the point of that? He's not living for free. Yeah. So on on, on the, the big guys' pages and the, the blogs and the podcasts, these guys are making money while they're they're living in their their two places. It's not always the case. Uh, depends on your market, but the the real value of this one comes from um, when he moved out. Uh, you know, rehab's done. Moved out, held on to it, made money, and uh, now I think actually today he he got on. Alex, did he get under contract or sell it? Actually, closed. He closed today. Yeah, close yeah, today, two hundred thousand dollars. And so this, this is definitely yeah. a big win. And it, it's one of those things. Yeah, you you're not going to make money that first year, but think about it. I mean, to rent a decent place, at least in this area, you're going to pay at least a thousand dollars a month. Uh, and here he's he's living for only two hundred eighty. I mean, that's that's less than a lot of people's car payment. So that's the kind of mindset you have to, to get in. You might not find the perfect deal, but you'll find it. If, if you can find a good enough deal, uh, you'll come out in the end. And this is one of those, uh, the FHA loan lets you use, uh, lets you do structural changes. Uh, so they'll let you change the layout. Uh, the VA rehab loan would not let you do that. So in this case, the previous owners had put a, a bedroom into the kitchen and just kind of built out a third bedroom. So he, he used that rehab loan, uh, tore that out, and, and open it up quite a bit. So there's there's a lot of flexibility in what you can do. Um, having been in this uh, recently, actually, it's it's still a, a good looking property. I mean, it's, you definitely made it 
a whole lot better than it was. And that's that's where the value comes from. Yeah. yeah. Both Dan and Ben were not planning on selling their duplexes. Oh. You you follow the market, you know. They they were planning on holding both of these properties. And Dan, you were planning on holding yours too, right? I want to say oh, absolutely. Um, but we ran the numbers on them again and man, we were talking, had a beer one day, and we're like, this is insane. People are paying so much money for duplexes. So so we looked at the value of selling it. And and that's the key, guys. If you can own a property, you can pick up the value from that. Don't buy stupid, but if you have something, then you can work with that equity in some way, shape, or form. So just being able to pick up properties has a significant value to it. It only gets harder to pick up more properties. I, at least that's that's my experience. Um, all right. So the next one is, well, actually, Dan, you want to, well, you already did this one. So this is actually Dan's house. I was trying to pull it up, but yeah. Ashley was uh, not letting me put it on the screen. She's She was bossing me around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh this you is kick him out now Ashley. kick him out <laughs> <laughs> don't kick me out don't kick me out um dan you want to go over june's real quick yep all right so june is a fairly recent client uh he is a a new officer in the navy so he was very much like i was uh just kind of starting out and I think it's a position a lot of people find themselves in and the tendency is to just go out and rent the the nicest apartment you can find on the beach. You go out to Chick's Beach and get your, your toes in the sand. Um, he, he did something different. And I think that's where a lot of people um, wouldn't wouldn't look at this and, and immediately think yeah, opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, purchase price 175, about $32,000 rehab. And so total loan 215,000. His monthly payments 1260. Uh, he's making 1200 on uh, one of the units. And then he's got a roommate kind of like I did. And if you find a good roommate, you don't mind living like that at least for a while. So he's getting paid $600 a month to live in this place while his tenants pay down his mortgage while the property hopefully appraises or um, increases in value. So a couple of pictures of the inside. Uh, you'll, you'll find a lot of these properties as you're looking at them. They've got this like weird wood paneling. They've got a lot of dated uh, cabinets, things like that. And the, the thing that a lot of people can't do is see past that. So you, you kind of go in and you say, well, well, if we move around these things, get some new appliances, it's, it's going to totally change the, the game here. Um, even just painting cabinets is, uh, changes the field of, of an apartment. Hey guys, really, uh, we had some questions pop up here. If you guys did. Yep. Yeah. Um, the first question I have was how long do you have to live in the property before you can move to your next house hacking investment? That's a tricky one. That is a tricky one. So well, yeah, you can hit it up. So I can talk, I can definitely talk about the VA loan. The, the VA states you have to intend to move into the property within, uh, six months. So, or 60 days, 60 days. So you just have to intend to do that. Um, now, in my case, I did, and then you know I'm not going to live somewhere I don't feel safe, and and that was fine. The issue is if you decide to buy a place and you don't move into it, that's mortgage fraud, and then you know you go to jail if and when you get caught. <laughs> Straight to jail. <laughs> Straight to jail. 
Do and then, Alex, do you want to talk about you know, FHA or maybe conventional? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really about the same. I usually say about a year. You kind of have to, if you're going to do this, intend to stay for close to a year. And if things change, you, it's not a big deal. If, if your life circumstances change, then you're fine. But if you go in there with the intention of never living there, then that is mortgage fraud. But if you go there, you live there, and then things come up, and you got to move, they don't really check on it. Not saying that you should ever do mortgage fraud, but um, you know, if something comes up and you have to get out of there, you got to move. Whatever the case might be, it's I've never seen it actually be a problem. Um, but but I think the the idea is that you're supposed to be there for a year, and I think there's some pr products that say you're supposed to be there longer, but they're pretty specific products, and they'll let you know that for sure before you do a deal with that. I can't remember if um, yeah, I can't remember which ones there are, but Usually conventional and FHA are about a year. Okay. Another one that came up, another question was, uh, I have always been told that even if I refi out on my VA loan, I can't get another property because they see that I'm in my second property in the same location. Is this true? No, that's not true. Okay. False statement. I couldn't see who the Facebook. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's not true. You can definitely get a, Get another VA loan. There's a if you if you have a certain amount spent, then it, it makes it more difficult. Yeah. Um, but there's no reason you can't use another VA loan. Uh, sometimes it, you know maybe you need to live closer to base. Maybe you need to be in a better school zone. Maybe you need to. If you have a reason to move, then they'll usually be able to do another loan. Um, there might be something else there that we could kind of figure out if you want to hit us up uh, with your specific scenario. But um, yeah, in general, you should be able to get another VA loan. Awesome. It also tends to be up to the lender's discretion. So I had to shop around lenders, uh, a couple different lenders before I could find one that, that would let me do that without writing an essay as to why I think I need a, another VA loan. <laughs> and who wants to write an essay? Not this guy. <laughs> uh, last question, guys. Then we get back on track. Uh, you got John here. Says, how much more have you guys charged for rent after renovating and remodeling a house? So I guess I'll start just because I got one example. So I was charging nine fifty, and then uh, I did the renovation. And I rented it out for eleven hundred. Okay. Doesn't sound like a big increase, but uh, it is. It makes a difference month to month. Huge difference. Huge. Yeah. And, you know, I do a lot of property management, so we do so many renovations. Um, it's hard to say specifically. Uh, a lot of times, honestly, the rent value only goes up a, a little bit. Like you add like a second bathroom and you get like another $200 a month, which is beneficial. But that bathroom might have cost you 10 grand or eight to 10 grand or something like that. But now your value on the house just went up probably like 25 grand. So you've got to weigh a couple factors in there. Also, what you're weighing in there is who is your tenant going to be? You know, if you've got that old beat up tub, and as I always talk about um, the tub, because I just remember going into so many properties and some beat up, you know, properties I was managing and like not being able to look them in the eye because I know how bad the place is. Um, when somebody looks at a dirty tub, it's hard for them to get past that. So a little renovation like glazing a tub could could in, maybe it doesn't increase the rent, but it increases the level of tenant that you can have in there. Because if somebody's willing to deal with all this stuff, 
a lot of times it's because they can't find another place. So you want the person who chooses your place. They're going to be a better tenant for the long run. And if you can find a good tenant for the long run, it's going to save you money, which eventually makes you more money. Awesome. All right. Well, let's keep on rolling. We got uh, we got a few minutes left. I think we tried to cap this thing in an hour. All right. I'm going to hit up uh, Carl's house hop. So my man, Carl Adam just closed about, about two weeks ago, I guess. Uh, he bought a place over in Virginia beach, nice little townhouse. Um, and uh, really the specifics on the deal aren't even that crucial on this one. Cause I just think it's so cool. Carl was 22 years old, enlisted in the Navy E five um, and was able to buy a house for himself, his mom and his high school sister. So his big thing was he wanted to be like his thing. He wanted to give back to his family. I was like, how cool is that to be able to do that? You know, and to be 22 and even think about that. Um, I just gave him mad credit on that. But as soon as he got in there, you know, we were talking about the investing thing. And, you know, like most, honestly, this is what always happens. I tell everybody about real estate investing and house hopping and house hacking. And they look at me like, okay, whatever. And then they go off on deployment and they read like Rich Dad, Poor Dad or one of their buddies, you know, tells them about something and they come back and they're like, hey, dude, I heard about this crazy real estate investing thing. I really want to get, I'm like, dude, I was just telling you that like six months ago. <laughs> so, so he came back, just pumped up like, dude, I want to buy another property. I'm like, all right, let's do this. So he comes in, um, he was on deployment for, for a while, came back and had the opportunity to buy another property. And so at 24, he bought his second property. Uh, and he didn't do the, the duplex thing. He wasn't interested in that. He wanted to have a house, but he bought really well. He bought a house that uh, was undervalued. And so we got it under contract and he's going to um, live in it with some military guys. And, you know, it's going to be basically he'll, he'll house hack that as well. But the idea for him was he wanted to pick up more properties. So every time he had a chance to pick up a property, he was going to do it. And he did it the right way. You know, he, he didn't just let, you know, move before he was eligible for it. He's eligible for it. And so he bought well and in the process, um, he basically, once we got the appraisal, it appraised $25,000 over the purchase price, which, which is pretty tough to do because usually the appraiser bases some of that on the purchase price. So he did a really good job buying and we were able to negotiate new roof and gutters and a French drain system to kind of make it work out. So not always the case to be able to do that, but um, kudos for him, man. He's 24. He's got two properties. By the time he's 30, he'll probably have, you know, six to 10 properties. And that that's kind of the the really cool thing about this strategy. Um, and then we've got uh, Nick and Kara. So Nick and Kara, um, they were part of Opportunity uh, before they left for New York. And this deal was really cool. So I'll, I'll kind of explain this one to you because I think it's pretty funny. So Nick and Kara wanted to do the burst strategy. And we were looking all over the place for stuff. But Nick's like, man, I'm up for whatever. I'll, you know, I'll get in there, I'll get my hands dirty, and I'll, you know, we want to try stuff. And so this deal popped up in Virginia Beach. It was super random. I, I went by there, I think I went by for another client and they weren't interested in it. Um, they just wanted a single family home. But the problem was this house, if you can see in the picture, there's a house in the front and it's on the water, which is crazy. Um, and then there's a house behind it. So there was this beat up house behind it. 
So most people couldn't get past that house. You know, there's like this, this uh, in-law suite is, was kind of the concept that was behind there. And it was really beat up. Literally, we didn't know there was a kitchen inside there because we couldn't see it. I was climbing on couches to get in there. Until they cleared it out, we had no idea that there was a kitchen inside there. So we were like, we're going to build a kitchen, I guess. Um, the sewage was leaking into the crawl space of that little house. Um, but in that front house, it was turnkey ready to go. It wasn't like the prettiest thing ever. They were able to do some things to it. But so what I did is I was like, hey, Nick, man, you told me you're up for whatever. If you want this house, you're going to need to live in it. And um, Kara at the time was literally like, eight months pregnant. <laughs> so I'm like, this is a long shot, but you guys seem like you're up for whatever. We looked at the property and they're like, dude, we need to put an offer on this. Um, and so they, they, they kind of went with the flow of it. And the idea was you live in the one unit, you rent out the other unit, right? House hacking. And they were going to air fix up the back unit using credit cards and whatever cash they had left. And, um, and, uh, they were able to turn it into a sick Airbnb property. Um, so total mortgage, 1350 average. Uh, and I think, I think I have the numbers in here. I don't know, put the numbers in. Shucks. I will say this, they're making a lot of money on this property. <laughs> um, they redid that back unit and they Airbnb it out. They made their mortgage for the year within a couple months. And, um, and now they're they moved to New York and they have rented out that front unit for, I think, over their their whole mortgage payment. So everything they make in the Airbnb is cash on the top. Cash on. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're crushing it. They're crushing it. And it's a property on the water. I think the thing that I always try to point out to people is you got to look past the stuff that other people can't look past. This was a house on the water with two houses on it. You know, for me, that's like, uh, isn't this obvious? But probably 50 people had gone past this house because it wasn't HGTV. You know, it ruined their view. I get it. Well, let's make the view in the back house. Awesome. I don't think I have a, do I have a picture of the back house? Yeah. So this is the house. Originally they totally pimped this house out, put a back deck on it. I mean, it looks awesome overlooking the water. And so they get, they get really good money on it. Um, and the key was they, they were able to look past what everybody else couldn't. And now they they recently moved to New York. And they, just, they just purchased the eight plex there, and um, you know they yeah. leveraged their money from the hills, and they're they're crushing it. And you know, I say like this is the average Joe kind of way to get into real estate. You know, Nick was a, a Norfolk cop, and so you know, you don't have to be the richest guy in the world to to get into real estate investing. Um, you know. Now he's got an eightplex. Him, him and Kara are, are just doing awesome up there. And they're going to continue to buy properties. So to me, house hopping, house hacking is that kind of, it's like the gateway drug of real estate to me. Um, once you kind of get in there, you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is doable. I can do this. Hopefully you have that paradigm shift. And now you start seeing that, man, we should get another property. This is pretty, pretty easy and profitable. Um. Oh, paradigm shift. Look at that, man. Talk about a lead in uh, <laughs> age, education, income. You know, this is real estate, man. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. 
I think Sean will tell you, you know, there's so many different ways to, to do this game. And, and then with the house hop and house hacking, it, it, it really opens it up. So in our examples today, we had a 22-year-old enlisted seaman, right? He's got two properties now. We had a Norfolk cop who owns 11 properties now. Um, ben, when he bought his duplex, uh, I hope you don't get mad at me for saying this, but he was making like $11 an hour to kind of get his foot in the door. And then now he just sold a property and made like 50K on it. What? Um, so that takes a long time to make 50K. That's awesome. But it's just, you know, that, that's what you can do and with real estate. That's why we're, we're excited this game. Not, not everybody's going to make 50K on their first deal. Don't get me wrong. But the idea is if you can get in the game, you can do things. Um, and if you can do that for as little as, you know, $5,000 down, I mean, you know, I think, I think Ben put, I think he put like five grand into that deal. Now he so put, more money, put more money in later. So I'll say that call it 10 grand, but if you can do oh, 10, anybody can buy five grand. Yeah. <laughs> you put in 10 grand and you, and you, and you make 50 grand. That's yeah, a good one. Not a bad return, right? Yeah. Return. It's, a long, it's a long game, man. Yeah. Real estate is, is not quick and easy. It's, it's long and it's hard, but it can be profitable. Um, so yeah, man, those are some examples. I hope those help people out to kind of see that it is real. And, um, you know, there's a million different ways to do this. Airbnb, um, you know, rent to your roommates, rent out your garage. We can dive into some of that stuff. I think Dan and I are going to do a seminar next month. Actually now it's this month. Um, so we'll dive a little bit deeper into some of like the strategies and the tools and how to do it. It's just too much to cover for, for one of these meetings, honestly. Um, but yeah, man, I ho hope you guys, you know, were able to get something from this and uh, you know, I know, I know we're kind of running past the hour here. So oh, we're doing good, man. I, I was saying like maybe uh, we could do a 10 minute Q and a, and whoever's on here that's live with us, you know, let's try to interact with them as much as possible. Um, and to me, I think the easiest thing to do is just like write your questions over there. So anybody that's still here, um, it looks like we've got like 16, 17 viewers still on. Um, drop your comments over there and ask these questions and we'll try to get Alex and Dan to help you guys um, get things answered for you. And if, if, if I can help, I'll jump in as well. Um, one of the questions we have here was from Jerome Scott. Um, he said, where can I go to see about how much my duplex is worth? <laughs> what up? That's us. Yeah, no, that that's, that is what we're really good at. Um, you know, Dan and I look at a lot of duplexes way more than we would like to. Um, and right now, if you're looking to sell a duplex, you should be looking to sell a duplex because people are looking to buy duplexes. So d supply and demand says now is going to be one of your best times to sell in probably, I don't know, the next five to 10 years. So um, nice. talk, talk to, talk to me or Dan. Um, we'll have our information somewhere, right? Is there information anywhere? Oh, we'll get it out. We'll get it out there guys. So if you're ever interested in trying to get a hold of Alex or Dan or myself or Cameron, um, just go to the opportunity page. If you go find us on Facebook, Go over there and like that page and then just write on there, right? We're very active on it. We're responsive pretty quick there on it, and we'll get a hold of you guys, right? Super, super easy way to get a hold of us. 
Um, and that's not a pitch, guys. That's just the reality. We yeah. know what duplexes cost and are worth. And yeah. if you're looking to sell something now, honestly, I mean, Dan and Ben were both not planning on selling. We talked, we ran the numbers, and we're like, damn, people will pay this. We'll sell it for that. Yeah. You know? so that's what I it's mean, all about. I think that's the difference here, guys, is like guys that are viewing and watching this for later, like you are listening to people that are in the industry as an investor, right? And have the ability of being a realtor. So like there's why would they not give you the best the best idea and the best number, right? Like they know better. It's not like I feel like and guys, correct me if I'm wrong, there's some realtors out there that are just like, Yeah, this number sounds great, but they got no validity behind it. They got no numbers behind it, they got no reason behind it. It's just yeah. like throwing some mud against the wall and hopefully it sticks and somebody likes it, right? Yeah, abso absolutely. I mean, I, without without kind of talking bad about anybody, there's definitely a difference between investor agents and non-investor agents. And it's it's not that you've got to be some genius, but if you're not doing it, then it, it is very different. You know, if you're selling high-end luxury homes, you want to really dive into that. And a lot of agents are part-time um, or haven't like, you know, I don't know. There's basically you want to try to, if you're going to be doing something specific, if you can find somebody who has that skill or that experience and go with that, that to me, that makes the most sense is to say, okay, this guy, you know, has done a lot of duplexes. He is going to know what a duplex is going to sell for. Um, like Dan and I have been doing a ton of duplex work. So, and not saying to use us, use somebody that has those, you know, those same same skills and experience because it does make a difference and honestly it's very very hard to find the value on a duplex don't assume a zillow number i get it zillow numbers can work sometime on residential if you know all the algorithms are perfectly lined up nothing i'm not an anti-zillow guy but don't don't sell your house based on that number yeah but on a duplex it's going to be completely screwed up there's no saying whatsoever honestly a lot of the duplex I've sold duplexes lately based on what people will pay for. Them. Yep. And that isn't even necessarily the appraised way to do it. But if you're going to make money on it on based on what somebody's going to pay you for it, then, you know, that's, that's called markup. Yeah. <laughs> that's quite good business. I, you yeah. know? I, I sold mine for 10 grand over asking. That's all. Just because yeah. someone was willing to pay for it. Right. It's the only thing that worth what people are willing to pay. Right. So like, what your cash on cash return might give you the idea of is not the same cash on cash for somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's got their own agenda and basis for what they do things on. That's why I say, like, put the price out there. If it makes sense, somebody will buy it. If it doesn't, okay. Yeah. And especially with the duplex, it's probably a cash flowing property. Um, yep. But the reality is, if you have somebody who doesn't understand that, you might have just missed out on what, 20 grand? We probably could have. Yeah. With some with some of these, I mean, literally twenty grand would have probably been what if you just ran a, a basic comp sheet. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I would I would also say, you know, that's the that's the value of anybody watching this right now who's looking to get into maybe the multifamily space or the space, right? And looking for an agent to help them with that. That you know, agent like Alex and Dan are ready to say, you know, you bet say, hey. You know, do you understand investing? Like, do you have family properties? Can I check out? Can I check out some properties that you guys have done? Yeah. And you guys, once you back that up, then you you understand to talk those numbers, right? So, what cash flow makes sense for you, and how to look for those properties versus a random agent that's just like, 
yeah, well, I'm looking for a multifamily property and they bring in some crap that just really doesn't make sense, you know? So I would encourage anybody out there that's watching to, to vet the agent and just say, hey, well, show me what you got. You know what I'm saying? And and any any agent that is investor friendly and familiar with the multifamily, they're going to be like, yeah, no problem. Let's talk it. You know what I mean? And, and talk, talk. Yeah. Guys, another question that came up here was, uh, what advice do you have for overcoming hesitation? Uh, if you have 10K, what moves are available? Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> you just got you just got to jump into it. Um, I mean, the amount of stuff you're going to learn on your first deal, even if it's a mediocre deal, you're still going to come out on top uh, based on, you know, just paying down that mortgage, building up that equity uh, and the experience you gain. And as, as through the examples we showed you, 10K is more than enough to, to put down on a property with an MHA loan. Yeah, you could put down 10K and do 100K rehab. I mean, there's some crazy numbers out there that you can do. Um, it's so it's just very doable. That that's why I'm so passionate about it. It's not it's not because I'm trying to sell something. Um, and people always say, "Oh, you're a real estate agent, you're a salesman." I'm not a salesman at all, honestly. I don't really sell anybody anything. If they want to buy a house, great. If they don't, that's fine with me too. It'll all work its way out. My goal is to inform people. What I do, you know, they always say, "Oh, a salesman could sell ice to an Eskimo." I think that's stupid. Eskimo doesn't need ice. But if I find something that does work, like house hopping and house hacking for a large community, then I'm passionate about sharing it. And the reality is, you know, I started a, a seminar uh, with uh, Michael Foster originally, and Dan and I are, are picking it back up about house hacking with your VA loan. Uh, it wasn't because we were just trying to pick up business. That's always definitely beneficial and something that you know helps my business out. But the reality is there's so many people out there that can benefit from this. If you have a VA loan, you could literally do a deal and put no money down, get your experience. You could get like, you know, people go spend a hundred thousand dollars on college and come out in debt. You could go and come out with the asset with putting no money down. Like it sounds like a sales pitch, but it's true. Just freaking learn from it, get an asset instead of a, an expense and, you know, that's the best education you can get. You can pick up something while you're getting that education. Um, but yeah, $10,000, you can crush it. I, what I would do is I'd probably say you you uh, want to do an FHA loan, buy a house for about 160000 because it's getting a little more expensive out there. Um, maybe you do that and you put about, um, do a rehab loan, put ten to fifteen into it. Now you got a $175,000 house. You rent it out for about 1500 bucks. Maybe you make 250 bucks a month on it. But that 250 bucks makes that property self-sufficient. That's always the key word I use with my clients is get a property that's self-sufficient and it takes care of itself. You don't got to get rich on the cash flow. Some people, that's their that's their business plan, right? And that's cool. But my idea for most of my clients who aren't full-time real estate, you know, this is a side hustle. Make sure your property is self-sufficient. And, you know, with $10,000, you can put your down payment in, pay for closing costs, or have somebody else have the seller pay for closing costs. And then you've got a couple of grants to do some of those, those little jobs that maybe increase the value of your property, increase it as um, functioning as a rental property. So 
yeah, man, I, I think, I think, I think house hacking or house hopping is the best way to, to use a number like 10 K and make the most of it. Maybe not the best way, but an incredible way to do it. Awesome. So guys, uh, let's kind of wrap it up here. Uh, we'll try to finish this thing out and be done by like nine 30. Um, so we got one more question here and then what I want to kind of do is just go around here for a second and wrap up with what you guys feel like some closing talks. Um, and then let's talk about what everybody's drinking, right? That's always a good one. We're, we are a beer group. <laughs> so, um, DJ Kirkland was asking, you guys might've mentioned it earlier, uh, but what is the typical credit score required for the VA loan? Alex, Dan, go for it. Um, it used to be, it used to be right at 600 since all this coronavirus stuff happened it did boost up a little bit. I don't know if it's come back down or not, but it, it, it's pretty revolving right now with everything going on. But I'd say 620 is like a, a good, like entry level. If you can get above 620, you know, you should try to get at least above 620. And then as if you guys don't know, the higher your credit score, the better you're going to be able to get on your interest rate. So it's always beneficial to kind of work that up as the best you can. And if you're not there yet, guys, don't think that you can't buy a home. Half of me telling my story is to say that anybody can buy a home. Um, <laughs> not everybody should buy a home, but anybody can. And that's the thing. Talk to people. You know, the, if you start talking to lenders and agents now, even if you can't buy a house, they're going to help you get in that position faster. You know, a lender is going to say, look, don't pay off this debt, pay off this debt. And that's going to help your credit score go up, which is going to help you afford more house, which is going to help you get a better interest rate and, and all those things. So talk about it, but yeah, get your, get your credit score up. But yeah, 620, I think is kind of where we're at. And I might be off on that because literally it's changing like all the time. And um, I can look that up. We'll get one of our agents on here to, uh, respond to that. If, if there are any um, lenders on here right now and you guys know the minimum kind of VA uh, score, then shoot that over. But a lot of that's overlays, um, which is basically saying that the VA regulation is A, but then these companies who are eventually going to sell the loan, they're going to put their own regulations on it so that that loan is more profitable in the secondary market. So um, a lot of the credit scores can go up and down based on the market itself. And right now it's probably a little bit higher because it's just very volatile right now. Awesome. So higher credit score. Awesome. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. So as we normally do, let's go around here with our group, talk about who's got what, who's drinking. I'm on uh own IPA and new realm. Hazy like a box IPA. What you got Alex? I've actually got, uh, New Realm too, man. Um, Hoptropolis. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Dan, what do you got? So I found out that Bold Mariner closes on Mondays and Tuesdays. So that was a bummer. I, I was going to have Bold Mariner. So I settled for a Sam Adams Porch Rocker, a seasonal oh, favorite of New Englanders yeah. like myself. Nice. Mr. Nice. Cam, what do you got over there? I got Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> Hero. Don't hide it. Don't hide it. Nice. Ladies, come on in here. What you got? See what the ladies got they're drinking. We got Ashley and Vanessa. Um, I got a Kona spiked island seltzer. 
passion fruit chihuahua, which is a lot of flavors all at once, but it's interesting. So crazy. Crazy. But that's not what you but I did have a local brewery, Lazy Beach Brewery. I had one of their um, pineapple bottoms. Awesome. Good nice. stuff. Guys, in the uh, group, if you're hanging out with us, whether it's, you know, what page you're on, share with us and let you know what you're drinking. We got one person that said, my husband is drinking Crown Royal. I'm drinking Chardonnay. All right. <laughs> oh, man. Digging it. Well, guys, as usual, I appreciate everybody hanging out and joining us. Um, I'm really looking forward to keeping this going as we have and obviously getting back into the, you know, person into person because, man, do I really miss it. I miss seeing you guys and meeting you and, you know, just with our normal people connecting with them that we get to see all the time. So I'm really looking forward to getting that going here shortly. But um, thank you so much for if you're here live with us today or if you're, you know, watching the replay. Um Always reach out to us. Join us over at our opportunity page. It's uh, on Facebook. Um, if you're looking to check out Alex, check him out at alexwinfield.com. Um, behind and working up and working with him. So he'll be right there to help you as well. Um, if you're always looking to talk about in other investments or maybe in the wholesaling space, uh, check us out at wholesalingoutofthebox.com. Um, of course, you can reach out to anybody on this screen at the moment and personal messages. Cameron Peters worked with us over at Wholesaling and actually Full Circle Investment Group. But uh, he runs the wholesaling, I mean, the uh, Opportunity Peninsula Division over on the Peninsula side. So it was just getting going in Corona. Um, so, yeah, we'll get that going again. Right. And I'm um, really looking forward to it. Did you guys have anything anybody else here wanted to you know sign off with and say? Cameron? I would say the only thing I would say, if I was a young military guy or gal, this is invaluable information. And because I'm, for those of you who don't know, I'm a retired Air Force guy, uh, 22 years of service. And I don't say that to tell you how many years. I say <laughs> that to say nobody had, nobody told me this at the beginning. And if somebody had told me this at the beginning, I would have a larger portfolio than I do now. So if you're a young military guy or gal out there right now, don't call me. <laughs> call Dan or Alex because they're they understand it far better than I do. And I've learned from them at the end when, you know, it's too late. I have other investing strategies. So man, if anybody had told me this at the beginning, money. That's all I gotta say. So call these guys for real. Awesome. Sure, I'll leave it with that. Ashley, do you have anything specific that you want to share or uh, talk about from tonight's meeting? You're on mute. <laughs> You're on mute. I thought I unmuted myself. <laughs> um, not really. Just letting you guys know that uh, sometime in the next week, we should you should be seeing a survey of some kind to get feedback on these virtual meetings. It'll also have all the links and contact information for everyone and everything that we've talked about. And, um, you know, just comment here or on that future survey post topics you want to see. We're still kind of deciding what topic we're going to do for the actual June opportunity meeting on June 30th. So <laughs> if you have a let us know. Awesome. Vanessa. Um, same thing. I mean, there's awesome information there. You know, one of the questions with the guy with 10K, what he can do. I mean, you can do a lot with 10K right now, especially um, in the investment world. And I think it's awesome. 
So if you missed anything, we'll be on replay on all these pages on YouTube and we'll have a podcast out this week as well. If you just want to listen to us in the car. Awesome. Dan. It's all about action. Take that first step. You realize even when the worst happens, it's not that bad. Awesome. And finally, the leader that started the whole group, Alex. Yeah, I mean, first off, I think, you know, I do want to mention we're going to dive into this a little more, Dan and I, with a seminar that we're going to start doing either probably by monthly or something like that, um, where we can really dive into the the different strategies that are out there, the different tools that are out there for house hopping and house hacking. If you're interested, please hit us up. Um, we are passionate about it. We have done it and it does work. And, you know, if anything, just just look into it, man. Get into real estate when it's easy. It, it doesn't get easier. <laughs> it's easier. The younger you are, the easier it is. Do it as soon as you can. Um, and if you're afraid, then then take it as education. You know, mm-hmm. so that's all I can say, guys. This is this is awesome. Um, so glad to be here. So glad we got actually hit this topic. Uh, house hopping and house hacking. I don't know if we've ever given it a full on, you know, uh, night. And I hope you guys got something out of it. Uh, and any topics that you guys want to talk about, please let us know. We're open ears, especially with all the changing environment around us. Uh, we learn from you guys. Uh, we learn from our speakers. Uh, the key that Sean keeps getting at is, is networking. And eventually we're going to we're going to do this in public again. But until then, you know, I hope I hope this is beneficial for everybody. And, uh, you know, thanks so much for, for joining us. Awesome. Sean, round us out. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, always, thank you for taking the time to be here with us. You can do anything else, and you spent the past hour to almost two hours being here with us and hopefully learning and sharing and getting some kind of value out of this. So please, if this video is helpful, share it with somebody else in another group. And um, hopefully when this all comes back around and we come back to going live and meeting each other back in person. I really look forward to meeting everybody. So thank you so much for being here, guys. We'll talk talk to you guys soon. Later. Peace. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to our May 2020 Hopportunity Meeting that actually ended up being early June Hopportunity Meeting. Either way, it was an awesome uh, writer on how – to house hack and house hop. Alex is super knowledgeable about that. And like he said in the meeting, he's been doing it for a while and helping people do it for a while. If you're at all interested in learning more about Hopportunity, I've got links in the show notes on where to find them on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website. And if you want, they have a podcast feed separate from ours as well where you can get the episodes a little bit early. Right now, we've got a little bit of a backlog, probably through the rest of the summer. And so we'll be dropping to a month from now through August until we get caught up. And then we'll be, from there, we'll be doing our normal episodes. You'll get these episodes of Opportunity about a week after the meeting. Um, and it just kind of depends on social distancing guidelines as well, because before all of this, all of the COVID shutdowns, we were doing 
two meetings, one on the peninsula of Hampton Roads and one in the south side of Hampton Roads. So we're hoping to be able to get back to that eventually when things open up, but it just kind of depends on where we're at at that point. So until then, hope you enjoyed the opportunity meeting and check back here in a couple weeks for another one. Thanks.